If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. It is time for Counterpoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville. 416 or pizzaville.ca, and they will get you set up and deliver you whatever you need. All right, let's bring them in. We got lots to talk about. We got Mike Van Solen, Managing Principal at Navigator. Hello there, sir. Hello. Fantastic to be here. And we got Kim Wright, Principal over at Wright Strategies. Hello there. Happy Thursday. Tuesday. Tuesday. It feels like a Thursday already. I know. Yesterday I thought it was Tuesday. I was telling everyone the game was tonight. Now it's not. It's uh, whatever. Whatever. It's time zones. It's got us all shifted around. Indeed it does. All right. Let's talk about the uh, Toronto District School Board. They are modernizing the student dress code, relaxing rules around wearing, oh, things like spaghetti straps, tube tops, crop tops, all that stuff. They say it will allow the students to express themselves and the uh, shared responsibility to maintain respectful, safe, and positive school um, climates, or as I kind of see it, uh, letting students do the hell what the hell they want. Now, Kim, I'm no prude, but I, I don't see, A, what's wrong with the current way that kids are dressing, but really, do you need to just kind of let them express more? Well, what happens is that you get these types of dress codes that were, they can't show a shoulder, my goodness, or something that might be considered too provocative because, gosh, we can't disrupt those adolescent boys from bad behavior. Really, like, this this is a how-to-treat-people in an environment uh, that understands that people are going to dress uh, how they choose to, and if you can't deal with those in a a climate like a school, uh, then how are you going to deal with that in the real world? This goes back Back to the whole philosophy of it's not about her outfit that got her raped. It was the rapist that got her raped. So I think that's what we need to start to continue to focus on is educating students on proper behavior. Uh, it's less about what they're actually wearing or not wearing. See, and I don't, I don't see it that way. I, I kind of look at it, Mike, and say, well, you know, in life, there are going to be boundaries and rules and things you can right. and can't do. And if, if you can't abide by simple and, and really in public school in Toronto, they can wear pretty much whatever they want. I don't need to see your hips or right. your belly or your cleavage i think i think i think this battle is is over I, you know i think they already are wearing whatever they want mm-hmm. i am concerned broadly that we just have discipline in schools Which that you get your you get your reports on time that you know that teachers have an opportunity to discipline students who don't do that that you know i get really concerned when you know we don't fail kids because you know they might you know go home and cry uh you know so i i think we need more dis, or we need to maintain probably even more. We need I would more take discipline. Any discipline. A- any discipline in school is really important because in the real world, um, this this is what matters. And and you have to show up on time. You have to get your reports, and you have to you know whatever the the requirements of your job are, and that's really important. So is giving up on the dress code. I mean, that's not a hill I'm going to die on. Uh, you know, I canvassed my young daughters, uh, you know, fifteen <laughs> and thirteen before I came here, and they said, yeah, no way. Uh, 
uh, you know, we we should dress whatever we want. They yeah. said kind of what Kim said. You know, if if boys can't, you know, f- figure it out, you know, tough luck to be them. And there's big problems with disciplining boys uh, in schools too. So um, I think this makes it a lot harder on, so, on parents, to be frank. I so mean. Uh, I, I I'm going to let the dress code piece pass. <laughs> but um, and 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 good on Doug Ford for for helping. I think you know, so many teachers have said to me, thank goodness he said, you know, get rid of the cell phones because this the the teachers were having a hard time sort of dealing with that at a class yeah. level. So we just said, okay, fine, blanket rule. Like, yeah. you know, unless it's an emergency, you, you don't, you're not using your cell phone in the class. Yeah, I, I can't, this is, for me, I look at it and say, okay, well, they don't discipline. They're kind of hands-off approach with everything. To me, this is just an, a, like a, an acceptance of failure as far as I'm concerned. With well, except for they were disciplining these girls. They were sending them home for wearing a, a tank top. I or think there was like one or two examples. Or, or having bra straps showing or, you know, people who are getting sent home from uh, school dances because they happen to be a tall girl and their dress didn't hit exactly, you know, fingertip length from the knee or something. Well, maybe they just look like a hoochie mama. Look, (laughs) people have the right to do that. Uh, You know, that's that's part of the society. (laughs) You may get judged on it, but that shouldn't bar you from uh, going to school. And and I think that's where that's where they were getting too far in this. Like we are far beyond the Catholic school days of getting on your knees in front of a principal and making sure your skirt was the right length, mm. which, some, which some teachers I think there was a porn made out of that. Jeez. And, there, and there were, <laughs> but there were also court cases made out of that. So it, it's an important thing. People need to understand what is appropriate in their workplaces and schools are workplaces for these students, but they also need to understand how to properly interact. You know, and that's just where I just think giving our uh, teachers some some discipline and, and you know, kids actually want the structure. If, it, if it's evenly and, and, and fairly done, uh, they're quite happy to work within the boundaries. What, where, where it all breaks down is when they see certain students getting away with, with certain things, and then they all want to do it. Sure. So, um uh, It'll be look, like who's got the shorter shorts? You just know it, Kim. Like in about a year, we're going to be doing like, oh my god, their sh- like their shorts are so sh- they're already really short. Sometimes I just I get look, and oh. we and we've all we all went to school, and there was all those moments where you always push the boundaries, and we or I don't know, we didn't. The, we didn't. Well, you, I was in the baggy you, jean era. I mean, it was all about baggy yeah, jeans I mean, and baggy clothes. Look, I'm I'm still saddened by the men of my generation who wore baggy pants down <laughs> to their knees with a backwards cap and to quote clueless, and we're supposed <laughs> to swoon. Anyways, but thankfully uh, they've learned how to. Everyone's everyone's figured it out, or at least enough people. So we'll uh, we hope that uh, as as these kids grow into adulthood, uh, they'll be able to uh, dress themselves properly and appropriately. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Um, let's talk about the uh, Toronto Sun again revealing uh, more insane education spending. We learned on Monday that the TSB wanted to spend, uh, you know, they were looking at spending up to $5.9 million on the most expensive iPhones when they knew costs, you know, were being cut. Then we learn now, you know, Ottawa's public board, they spent seven hundred and thirty grand over the past three years buying 1,750 iPads at cost. Hamilton's board has spent $10.5 million as part of this multi-year program to give an iPad to every student. I have no problem, Mike, with technology. I get it. The kids have yeah. to be tuned in. But I don't understand this need for buying the highest of high-end gear. I mean, no. it doesn't all have to be Apple, and I love Apple. 
but I buy my own Apple, and I don't know why they can't ever shop for discounts. Right. No, uh, for sure. I mean, there's great, you know, there's there's some Chromebooks. Chromebook is a great value of, you know, uh, of a laptop that's affordably priced. You're able to do everything on the cloud these days. Um, you know, so it's crazy. They, they have to look at it. The iPhones in particular um, that uh, that the Sun revealed, Ridiculous. you know, the iPhone, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm shopping for a new iPhone right now. And Go not, work for the school board. <laughs> well, you know, but, but, you know, look, I'm not going to get the iPhone XS or whatever. You know, I, I'm looking at a more uh, modest version. And, and I just don't understand how in the environment they're in. And, and when teachers themselves and, the, and, the, and their unions are making the cases that they, these cuts are unconscionable, mm. that they don't uh, conduct themselves in such a way so that they, you know, are, are bulletproof on that topic. Yeah, I think, Kim, they, they kind of let a lot of air out of their balloon uh, by letting, you know, having these numbers come out because they knew that these cuts and they knew that the efficiencies were coming. And so when these numbers surface, people kind of just go, are you kidding me? I mean, and the teachers are defending it. And I'm like, what are you doing? They were going to fire you. Yeah, I'm I'm more uh, sympathetic to the buying uh, the students, the tech pieces. I understand the 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 all of them. So this is actually some some of the things that uh, some schools have done over the years, and certainly uh, places like uh, Collège Boreal had done it for years, where they, as part of your tuition, this is different. But as we are moving towards, I mean, forgetting the fact that Lisa McLeod said give every autistic kid an iPad, but I'll park that for a sec. Uh, but making that, so that, that I would that I would have no problem with. I don't but, think that but, every but kid making, needs one though. Kim but likes to get lot, back to autism. Of course, uh, you know it's uh, it's an important thing to remind people of. Uh, but you know these students need to be able to learn and in, a, in an environment they may or may not have these things at home. Uh, I've talked about it before on this show where you know as as the province is moving towards more online based learning uh, and frankly, but they can't find moving. something cheaper than an like an, uh, an apple. So, whether they got a good deal on it or not, I don't know. I mean, that's 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 a procurement problem as far as I'm concerned, but I understand where the policy rationale is. It's harder to justify, I get that from a from a perception, but certainly from a preparing kids for technology, I get that uh, a, a lot more. Now, the cell service and buying high-end headsets and handsets, that's a, that's a whole other matter, but making sure the kids have the tools that they need, uh, I'm I'm pretty okay with. Yeah, well, you're more understanding than I am. All right, let's pause there just for a minute. We'll dive into a couple of other uh, big headlines, a lot going on all over, including the I was drunk uh, defense. We'll talk about that. You're both in crisis management. I'm not sure if you would tell your client to use that defense, but we'll talk about that coming up. This is CounterPoint, which has been brought to you so far by Pizzaville, 416-73636, or pizzaville.ca. I'm Alex Pearson. We'll pick up the second half of CounterPoint on point here on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With CounterPoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. We are into our CounterPoint, and we got this one brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca, and they will get you set up. We got Mike Van Solen and Kim Wright joining us tonight. I was drunk. An Ottawa man telling the Toronto Sun, uh, yeah, he was loaded when he decided to walk onto live TV telling uh, state champ Steph Curry how he'd like to violate his wife. And the man from Ottawa says, yeah, no, I don't think I can be charged. Um, And he's I guess he wants to make some kind of amendment. But I, you know, Kim, 
I don't know what the appropriate punishment is for this. It's not like we should ruin the guy's life, as we've seen so many times before. But this guy's a working professional. And it's like, at what point do you not realize you're a knob? Yeah, I mean, first of all. Second of all, I mean, he looked straight at the camera, had no remorse. Like, I'm not sure what moth to a flame uh, nonsense this, this seems to be becoming. And we've seen it over the last couple of years where these brazen uh, commentaries often directed at reporters, but in the, and, in, and in this case uh, to Steph Curry's wife, uh, it, it is unbelievable. And I was drunk doesn't make you less of an idiot, uh, less like I'm going to go on television and say I, I want to sexually assault someone. Uh, and it, it, there should be some sort of repercussions. MLSE should certainly, if nothing else, ban him from premises. And uh, I think his uh, his friends and families and uh, should all be having a very stern talking to about professional conduct. I mean, look, a number of our a number of people's offices and professions, if they do something yeah. like that, uh, that's uh, that is a, a, either a firing offense or certainly uh, a significant reprimand for uh, embarrassing the company and and not acting professionally. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the guy's life should be destroyed. At the same time, it, you can't be that age and, and, and using, I was that drunk. I know a lot of guys, Mike, and I know yeah. a lot of guys who have been very drunk, and not once have I ever heard them hurling out, you know, rape uh, monologues to women. No, he's obviously an idiot. He's thick as a brick. You don't, you know, as drunk as you are, you, you know, you you... you You've got to be aware of the situation you're in. Uh, it's 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 maybe an explanation, but it's not an excuse uh, for for what has happened. And um, uh, and you know, look, he 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 should he should pay some consequences. I, I you think, know, yeah. You know, he should. I'm pay sure some he's real, having a very bad day. He's like, had the lawyer up. It's going to cost him some money. I, I mean, he will be very embarrassed. He he could still yet be charged. Uh, I imagine his employers and people around him will all think. You know, you know, you're just going to think a little bit different about uh, Dum Dum. So. Yeah, because it's, it, it's not like he just was just a goof. I mean, he said something really, really, really raunchy and wrong and vulgar, and then did it while the whole world's watching. And us. I and I just struggle with the idea that. Look, I, I'm sure there's some moments I've had where, where I'm in my cups and uh-huh. I've said some things. On live and, TV. And, and, and well, not on live TV, but of course, but uh, that I've said, you know, that I regret. But I also know there's some words and things that even wherever, <laughs> yeah, exactly. you know, as much in the cups as you might be, that I've, I, I just don't think would ever cross my lips. Right. And so... I, I was drunk should never be an excuse. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. I think we're past that. I mean, if you were 18, I might say, okay, you've learned a lesson. This guy's like a, a grown man. And if he's married right. or has a girlfriend... Um, gender equality under attack, apparently, to our Prime Minister uh, Trudeau, who spoke Monday at the opening address of Women Deliver 2019. And um, he told his captive audience of women that hatred is creeping into public debate. Take a listen. In the age of social media, it's never been easier to taunt and spread abhorrent views, views that are increasingly creeping into our public debates. Individuals and interest groups are trying to roll back women's rights and politicians are giving in to the pressure, shamefully campaigning to undo women's hard-won victories. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. I got to be honest, this whole line of attack is so cringeworthy to me, Um, Mike. I don't think 
gender equality is under attack. I think this is just a play for votes. Yeah. And and this notion that it is harder to be a feminist on the front line. I mean, this is just welcome to campaign 2019. Right. No, I mean, it, it's uh, shameful that he wants to relitigate all the hard fought wins uh, for women's rights that have been uh, won in this country. The conservative movement, who I I he is obviously trying to point a finger at in Canada is not raising this issue. They're not fighting for it. There's no conservative uh, premier or leader who uh, who who is uh, seems to be even uh, entertaining these sort of ideas. What is happening in the United States is 100% different than what is happening here. Um, but uh, he seems to want to. You know, it's like naming a disease and then, and then you know th- things things uh, you know result from it. Um, he seems to want to make this an issue and create openings for extremists who today have no audience and give them a platform. That is what is happening here. Um, so so it is sad. Um, and, and, it, and and for all the women who've worked really hard to sort of get where we are, you know, even on, on abortion rights, and, uh, you know, it has, has never been a better time uh, to be a woman than in the country today. Yeah. So. That's kind of how, like, Kim... I just I, I, cr- I find that they're making an issue out of nothing and dividing people even more. And I get this. I get the sense that this is not going to end well. Well, to Mike, to Mike's comment of it's never been better. Well, that's also because it was pretty terrible when we didn't have these rights. So it's important to remember the history of these. And, and we're not done. And to be and I, and I want to be really fair. That, and we're not years, there, but we're, we're a hell of a lot further not, than we were when right. my mom was growing uh, up. Right. My grandmother. Yeah. So I, I didn't mean to interrupt, up, but I just want to be I want to be clear on that. Like, but there's I more just, to do. I, Absolutely. There's way more to do. And I think it's an important thing that, you know, people, until we truly have gender equality, then the work isn't done. So, you know, it's it's good we're here where we are, and it's certainly better than a lot of other places, but we're not done yet. What the Prime Minister is trying to do is actually move people away from uh, what has been affectionately labeled as his fake feminism over the past, uh, certainly over the past six months that we've seen. You can't call him a feminist. Well, that's why I said it's actually referred to as a fake feminist. (laughs) I I think he truly believes that he feels like he is a feminist, but by every measure, he has failed on that. I I am glad to see uh, Canada trying to play a role, continue to what uh, former Prime Minister Harper did. Mm-hmm. On maternal health, I think it's an important conversation to have. Women in maternal health around the world uh, is is something that you know people are women are still dying in child childbirth at an obscenely large rate. Sure. Uh, and certainly, when you start to throw in uh, race and class on top of that, it gets even more discouraging. Some of the numbers. So I think it's an important conversation. Whether he should be writing those checks, uh, that's a whole different uh, set of conversations. And, and you're talking about the 1.4 billion that he is going to be giving if reelected um, to, to women outside of Canada. And you're right. It was a Harper initiative. But again, this wasn't in the budget. And this spending a, wasn't in the budget. And I'm like, where's this money come from? It's an important thing. And if that's and if he wants to find that in the budget and that's where he he wants to take that to Canadians, then I think that I think it's important that we we not only show leadership on public policy, but, you know, something around money, whether that's 1.4 or not. Uh, but this is all a ploy to move people away from the conversations about is the prime minister truly a feminist and does he really actually care about things or is it an election ploy?
Yeah, or SNC, or 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 yeah, I just yeah. I mean, I think it, it's I trying think he's to doing m- yeah, exactly. Move, move, trying to move them away from more than just the topic of his of his feminism. And frankly, I think he's I think feminists, uh, a real feminist, would cringe every time he opens his mouth because again, he is not a real feminist. Uh, I want to get this in before we go though. The NBA uh, may be backing down from using the word owner. They say it's due to racial insensitivity, and this comes after Golden State Warriors star Draymond Green had argued against using the term on the. LeBron James show. Um, and apparently it's now gaining steam where two teams have now stopped using it. Kim, what else do you call someone who spends millions upon millions of dollars to buy a team? Like, what would you call them? Well, in a lot of cases, they call them shareholders or there's there's different terms. And look, this is a, this is a problem that the NBA has been facing. And frankly, all of sports has been facing for a bit of uh, the power dynamics between uh, those who are in a financial uh, position, owners, stakeholders, people, uh, people in the front office versus the people on, that are playing on the field. Who, are who by the often, way, make very good money. But, <laughs> I just want not, to point that out. They're not they, exactly poor. They're not poor, but they aren't uh, making as much as you know some of the some of the uh, some of the rights uh, that are some of the some of the uh, monies that some of the team owners are making. So there is is there a power dynamic? Absolutely. Do they feel? Do most uh, athletes uh, and most uh, we have these conversations in every sport about uh, how much the players should be making versus the owners when they're the product on the field. Uh, you know what they should be called. I'll leave that to others to decide. But if this is if this is an issue and this is something that uh, they feel is is something that needs to change, and it seems like there is some traction to that. Uh, then I think it, it, I mean, what's in a name? Apparently quite a lot to these players. Well, it'll gain traction, Mike, because everything gains traction today. Yeah, look, this I never, I hadn't heard this before, uh, you know, this, the story was shared with me uh, earlier today. Um, I, I don't quite know what to make with it. I, I get more concerned when uh, political correctness prevents us from talking about real issues, talking mm. about immigration, talking about, uh, uh, you know, what happened with, uh, with uh, the member of parliament, Cooper, and, and Andrew Shearer earlier this week. Um, you know, th- those interest me. Uh, creating, making language more uh, inclusive. Uh, it can be helpful. I think talking about police officers, not policemen. You know, some of these politically, you know, we call them politically correct. I, I We're think, sanitizing everything uh, to make everyone feel better. Yeah, but yeah. you know, I, I, I'm against that idea. But I, but I do think there's ways we can make language more inclusive. But I would rather be known, frankly, as a superstar or the greatest of all time. You know, as as LeBron is, than uh, than you know, just a mere a owner, a paltry owner. All right, guys, I got to leave it there because we are late. But I thank you very much, Miss Kim Wright. And I thank you, Mr. Mike Van Solen. Great to be thank here. Thank you. And this counterpoint brought to you by Pizzaville. 416 736 or head on over to pizzaville.ca and they will get you all dealt. On Point on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.